And then we have to tell stories about our own embarrassing stuff. So I have a few. Just one or two. I'm going to have to think about that. Okay. Oh, I could think of a few. <laughs> I got I got a few. Oh, I, I'm sure they're... Uh, believe me. I, I, I got it. I, got I, I know they're out there. I just got to... Oh, they're there. Enter my brain and, you know... I tucked them away, like deep in the in those coffin uh, things that Ewan McGregor did in the <laughs> in, um, locked away in the deep recesses of your in, mind. Not just sleep like this. <laughs> those fucking things. <laughs> those chests. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this week, we have no reviews. There's nothing to review. I don't know what to fucking tell you. There's, 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 there's nothing just not, for us to watch. No. Yeah. So we got a little bit of, we got, we got a few things to talk about in What Are You Watching? And then me and Jay got a couple of news stories to go through. And then, of course, we have a trailer park breakdown for WandaVision, which just got a full trailer dropped uh, just a few days after we recorded our last episode, as it always happens, right along with the Emmys. And then me and Jay got a top five to do for you. This time, it's the top five dystopian futures in movies. So, or dystopian future movies. Yeah, I'm excited. So without any further delay, Jay, let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. All right, man, what'd you get down to watching this week? Well, I actually finally caught up with The Way Back. It's playing on HBO right now. I know you saw it previously. It's uh, the spring film from Ben Affleck, basketball, alcoholism, redemption type of film. I did, um, yeah. I don't know why, but I thought it was like a Christian movie. I don't, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I really did. I thought it was like one of, and I was like, oh man, he's doing, he's doing like one of those like uh, church funded Christian movies. I mean, well, I guess you know. Oh, save me, Jeebus! The music is. very very melancholy like yeah. the score uh, for, throughout the the film and you know and it's 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 well intended like i like the the film's idea of it Right. It just the execution. Talk didn't about quite embarrassing work. moments. Uh, you know, we're we're doing our Patreon episode for uh, top ten embarrassing moments in movies. Yes. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> getting fucked up, <laughs> crashing your car into like a neighbor's boat, and then walking into the wrong house to take a leak as you're having a conversation with a person who isn't there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah. That's he's, embarrassing. yeah the, the random girl that he didn't want to fuck, who he had to get trashed enough to actually to do it, yeah, to do it. You know, it's just it, it, that was yeah, that was very embarrassing. But yeah. that, that that's actually that's actually happened to me before. I mean, not wow. not me, not me it, personally. It happened to Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, so like, um, I was I, we we were at a bachelor party uh, for for a friend of mine, and I. I mean, I we had a party bus, so it's not like I had to stay sober. It's just uh, I don't like strip clubs. So we ended right. the night at a strip club, and The Bachelor didn't want to go into the strip club. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to chill out here with The Bachelor and stuff like that. And we hung out in the bus. We had a few more beers and stuff, but we weren't inside the strip club. But when everyone else came back, when the 12 other guys like came back to the bus, they were fucking wrecked 
absolutely shithoused. Uh, and <laughs> we, we start on our way home, and everyone's kind of staying at the bachelor's house. So we get there. And one of the guys gets off the bus and he's just stumbling around everywhere. And I'm trying to help this person out, that person out, I'm trying to help the bachelor, uh, who's a little bit worse for the wear at this point, to his couch. He later pissed uh, all over his couch, too, but mm. uh, <laughs> trying to help him get to the couch. And everyone's like, oh, man, where's Pat? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Where is he? And we just hear shouts and screams coming from the house across the street. Get the fuck out! So, like, three of us quickly run over and grab him and get him out and apologize profusely to this lady. And she agreed to not call the police. And we just could not apologize enough. (laughs) It happens. You can get fucked up enough to walk into the wrong house. He apparently had his dick out trying to piss in her kitchen, too. Oh, my God. I guess it depends on, like, how you know you act in circumstances like you know for example i feel like she was a lot more comfortable that there was multiple people there other than one person like if it was just him and you guys didn't come in there she would have definitely been more freaked out right right yeah because i mean it's one guy a lot of gun owners around here he's lucky he didn't get shot (laughs) yeah but it's like seeing the fact that like oh she sees just a bunch of rowdy guys they're trying to help you out with like getting them out of the, your house, blah, blah, blah. She's going to be less you know, inclined to call the police, I would say. For sure, for sure. So uh, the way back, <laughs> what, what, did, you, did you like it? I <laughs> did, did like it. it? I did, no, I did like it. And I think there was you know, a lot of you know, interesting parallels you know, from people that I know. Um, right. and, and, I, and, and as far as being a has-been um within their own life are we talking different kind now? of ways well, when, when you say I mean, you know when you say you know people do, do you mean you <laughs> i do know quite a bit of people and I, I i could be a small candidate in that category yeah, but it's um, not like you had some illustrious basketball career and then you I, knocked up someone and you know like right. you, you, you lost your shot you know and now look at yourself you're not even a has-been you're a never was no yeah but i know people who have like i know a lot of people who have and it's just one of those interesting situations and also also being like just a town drunk you know like that kind of like stuff like that you know you're who who used to be um very respected or well regarded and and now they're just sort of you know a regular frump you know and it was still a well-intended story and i thought for the most part it, it it you know, it worked, but it was still very predictable and serviceable to like the the normal sports cliches. Yeah. of of, of the, the past. Ending, but the ending kind of feels like you know. Uh, well, I I give them credit because they didn't go too far overboard with you know sh- you know hamming it up you know as right. far as a redemption tale. It it's was, his they, first they, go it was, around it was with hope. rehab, and it's yeah, it not going to be his last. ending. But it was a mild hopeful ending. It wasn't right. too over the top. So yeah, I appreciated fine. that. I appreciated that. So yeah, I yeah, mean, if you have fine. HBO, check it out. I don't yeah, really it's think like it's a anything B, you have B to see. B minus movie. I don't know. It's something like that. But it's it's fine. It's, it's, it's yeah, a good. It's, it's a it's a solid little flick. Yeah. Uh, so I watched some documentaries. Jay. Uh, nice. One I watched was Action Park. Uh, well, it's called Class Action Park. Is the uh, is the documentary? It's on HBO Max. I had a password. Uh, <laughs> I didn't pirate it. I did use someone's password, which I guess technically, according to HBO Max, is piracy. But sorry. I'm not committed yet. I'll wait for that Justice League, that Snyder Cut Justice League to come out. Then I'll then I'll give you my fifteen ninety nine a month. But anyway, um, so I watched Class Action Park, and I've seen documentaries on Action Park before. If you're 
not familiar with it uh it was in it was a it was a theme park that was in uh, i think it was vernon new jersey uh sort of like uh north central new jersey uh kind of like a ski resort town and stuff like that and this this guy had had a vision to create like he he originally sold it to to the township as i want to make vernon the orlando of new jersey like we can compete with them, so they, they they built a ski resort up there and stuff like that, and across the mountain, across the highway from the ski resort, they built Action Park. Um, but instead of like you know whimsy and magic, like you know exists in down in in Orlando, it was just filled with cost cutting corners, and it you know he didn't see why safety should stop people from having fun. <laughs> essentially what it came down to so like most of the rides the the guy who ran the place came up with himself and when they actually had a ride designer come in they usually were ride designers that have been rejected by all the other major theme parks in the country and even then they would start making something and he would go down during its construction and redraw the plans and change it so it wound up being this fantastically dangerous place Um, and it's just an interesting like I like the way the documentary takes it's it's like it's not that action park you know is, is but it this, never legally got open right no it was open dude this thing was open for from like the so late I thought 1970s there was some kind of to, like it oh, finally wow. closed in like 1996 so you have to watch the documentary wow. but it's really interesting because the way they treat it is it's just like this could never happen again because it's not the 1980s like parents don't 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 treat their kids the same way they do now and it's and it's because we were all given so much free reign in the 80s and 90s and and like we got ourselves into a lot of trouble that we did, we did. get ourselves out of um and we did get we, we did get hurt but you know ultimately we're okay but you know, it's not always the case. Oh, yeah. Like I think, like six people died at Action Park. Is, is kids are so about. overly protected nowadays. Right. Like, when do you ever see kids just fucking around on the streets? Exactly. Like, it's it's so like, rare. It's so it's, rare. It's an interesting documentary. But I say this: if you know nothing about Action Park. Go watch this one. This is the best of the documentaries to watch on Action Park. If you've seen other documentaries on Action Park, this is going to retread a lot of the same ground. Uh, but it is it is the better of the documentaries about this place out there. Cool. And I mean, they even made a movie about Action Park called Action Point, I think it was, with Johnny Knoxville. Uh, it was a Dick House film, one of oh, those, one of the Jack yeah. House ones. Okay. Yeah, so so, I, so it, it's loosely based on Action sure. Park. So nice um, i'll definitely check it out at some point yeah it's it's interesting but yeah, like i said it's interesting if you like i live in this area i mean obviously we both live in this that area definitely does add to my yeah. allure <laughs> and and action park it, like growing up like even in the early 90s i remember like it was this mythological place like it was like you know getting there was like impossible and i i honestly never did get there um but yeah i i always heard stories of like people who went there and stuff like that so uh, it, it was interesting for that jay did you get down to watching anything else yeah, so it, um, Ewan McGregor has previously done a couple different docu-series. It's called A Long Way Round and A Long Way Down. Yeah, they used to be on, I think one was on Bravo, the other one was on AMC. It's the same series, but it gets picked up by different networks from time to time. Yes, so now this one is Apple. Apple picked up A Long Way Up, and same partner that he rides with, um, and this time around they're going 
13,000 miles from the southern tip of South America, like the Patagonias, yeah, all the yeah. way up to uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, and, I believe it's the Andes is the mountains that yeah. they're that And they're not up. just that, but also doing it on electric motorcycles. So this is a first of its kind, one of a kind experience. Um, it, this, is, this is something that was very interesting, especially in episode one. There's only been three, maybe four episodes so far. Um, and you know, you see the difficulty of the process of this and how this is a first of its right. kind where like they, they just the, the logistic issues of not just the motorcycles, but like, you know, temperatures and then charging stations throughout, you know, their course. Right. <laughs> so it's but a, this, it's very, this is what Ewan McGregor does engaging. during all these script rewrites of, of the Obi-Wan series. He does. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, fuck it. I'm going to go for a bike uh, ride. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows it? Yeah. He and his buddy are just, you know, they're great guys. They're really engaging and, and just, you know, fun, normal dudes. I mean, it's a, it's a really nice, easy watch. It's really pretty, you know, it's very scenic and, you know, there's obviously some drama on the way, during their course so i definitely you know if you have apple plus um go check that out for sure i think it's worth the watch right. and then other than that I, I i i i had to do it man i kept on hearing and seeing things about this again popping up again the social network the fucking social network i forgot how damn good that movie is yeah i rewatched it it was on one of our lists a couple a couple months back oh, me and lauren me and lauren I, gave it a rewatch it's probably only been I, honestly i probably saw it like maybe four four years ago but i'm telling you man i just i it, it is by far one of the best films of the last like you know 10 or 20 years <laughs> to come out whoa, i mean it whoa, really, whoa, it's, whoa. It's, it's a really impressive piece of filmmaking and on top of that the relevance of the of the world and society you know like and how much of an impact it has because it is you know obviously based on the uh, beginning of facebook and i'm still kind of hoping for that sequel that kind of d- dives into to like the congressional hearings and stuff like that that may happen one day i can see that happening yeah i would love, but, I would love you know to fincher see that. aaron sorkin they did a phenomenal job and all the actors in the cast uh really really just really cool i mean i i forgot how much that movie like i felt like i did not blink while watching that two hour movie put andrew garfield movie. andrew garfield on the map that movie put andrew garfield on the map it, it if it did. wasn't uh you know it if it wasn't for that movie, we never would have gotten two lackluster Spider-Man films out of him. <laughs> he wasn't that bad, but no, the movies a, were bad. He the, the movies the movies were bad. I mean, the first one's fine. It's nothing great, but it's fine. Right, right, right. Yeah, the Jamie no, Foxx one was terrible. It's no Spider-Man two, you know. Oh, uh, but I the know, amazing Spider-Man two is as bad, if not worse, than mm. than Spider-Man three. I agree. But you know, as as far as it goes, like I wasn't crazy about like the way they portrayed Peter Parker as kind of like this. You know, he, he's far less nerdy. He's more of just like uh, a kid with like a chip on his shoulder and stuff like that. And that's not the way I ever I, saw Peter Parker. Peter Parker's always more of like a positive character like yeah. very much the way tom holland plays yeah him. i love that yeah. way yeah like yeah. that's yeah. the spider-man from the comics you know he's I always know. pretty upbeat and stuff even when he is peter you know he goes through his strife and he has his problems but you know i don't think he ever doesn't try to put on a positive you know yeah. spin on it for the most part no i i 100 agree with you but i i don't i respect his his take Oh because yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. different it's a different shade of the character that yeah. I think plays a little bit more commercially, obviously I suppose, but um, you know it's it's not as heavily nerdy as as the other ones uh, per, were perceived. But you know, 
Tom Holland obviously is 100% by far the best Peter Parker in my opinion and he completely nails it. So oh, he does. Every so time. happy about him Every being time. in this franchise and they're killing it so far for the most part. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see him again in the suit. So yeah, so that's all I've been seeing, Dave. What else have you saw this so past week? So another documentary that I watched was You Cannot Kill David Arkin! Oh yeah, this trailer was bonkers. <laughs> I saw the trailer. Uh, so the the song that 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 song is actually in the, in the movie, uh, and uh, it's a documentary about David Arquette, and it's it's very retrospective about his career in Hollywood. You know, like he he went from being on like the cover of I think it was Variety um, years back in the early '90s, and he was on the cover with faces like Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and it was kind of like. This is your future of Hollywood. These young actors that are pictured here, and and he was among them. And he had some big, you know, critical success early on in his career for for a lot of indie films that he was doing. And then he got the role of Dewey from Scream, and that wound up kind of typecasting him as mm-hmm. as as a bumbling idiot as a bumbling moron now he was don't get me wrong scream has probably paid for the house that he lives in the divorce he had against against <laughs> Courtney cox you know like it, it's 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 made a, a pretty decent life for himself but on top of that you know he you still have this feeling like we were talking about you know uh or earlier on I, like we were talking about when when you were watching um the way back where it's like missed opportunity uh you know failures and stuff like that oh yeah sure he looks back at one of his biggest failures ever was given the opportunity to win the wwc world heavyweight title and taking it which then made him not only like a laughing stock but a complete pariah to the wrestling community and wrestling is something that he loves he, he did the movie ready to rumble because he loved wrestling and he always wanted to be a wrestler and he did do a little bit of wrestling when he was with wcw but it was nothing that crazy very minor training sessions like here's how you take a bump uh here's how you do this here's how you do that now go out there and just please don't fuck up and 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 that's what it was but he decided that now in his 50s that he's going to go out there or in his late 40s that he's going to go out there and he is going to become a professional wrestler and he is going to go out on the indie wrestling circuit uh, and he is going to try to make a name for himself and it kind of follows his journey his ups his downs for sure throughout doing this journey and i honestly thought that like what a fucking joke like this like this dude's a joke uh this the the idea of him being a wrestler is a fucking joke and i'm only watching this to laugh at him Mm -hmm. this documentary completely changed my mind on who david arquette is as both an actor and as a person as a wrestler and stuff like like i really enjoyed it and wow it turned me around on him to where I was fucking rooting for him. And I do cry during it. Um, I did cry while watching it. However, it's not until the end, and I won't spoil it at the end, but I will say that in this documentary, one of David Arquette's best friends is Luke Perry, who is present for some of of the stuff. Uh, So that kind of gets you a little bit in the feels as well. But I highly recommend this to like I, it, it is currently I had to pay for this. It I was, am a candidate who should see this because I do think, I think he's so. a joke. Um, yeah. 
I it's, don't. It's, I, I never respected him really. I, I never thought of him as much of as just a yeah, Arquette I, dynasty, like just milking the teeth his sis, of his, his sisters name. are in it too. His brother and sisters are in it too. Yeah, so, I, I, um, they uh, kind of all give their opinions. Courtney Cox is in it, which I find I find interesting. Uh, his his new wife, uh, it looks exactly like a young Courtney Cox, which I also found interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I'm a fan of wrestling. Uh, I, know, I wasn't I a fan of David Arquette, but when I watched this, I walked away kind of like a fan of both still. So I okay. I I spent okay. the six ninety nine to rent this on. I rented it on on video on demand. It's it's you know before you see it in theaters type video on demand. I I spent the money to it, Very and nice. I didn't regret it. I didn't regret it. I'm not telling anyone else to do that. Um, this will be streaming somewhere eventually. But if it is something you're interested in, I, I suggest checking it out because I really really enjoyed it. Awesome. And then finally, Jay, I watched a horror movie. I rented it. It's called Z. It's a Shutter original film. Z okay. uh, Shutter is the network is is the uh, streaming network that is owned by AMC. And this follows a little boy who has an imaginary friend, and some paranormal shit starts happening, and the little boy blames it on the imaginary friend. So wherever your mind is now taking that brief synopsis is exactly where this movie goes. It's still okay it's fine it's very generic i i don't suggest that you spend an ounce of money on this if you have shutter and you can watch it and you can watch it because you already have shutter and you're a big horror fan like i am uh then by all means go nuts uh don't seek this out it's it, it's fine it got it gets really positive buzz and but for me like after i was done watching it i was like that is very generic it's 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 the same way i felt when i was done watching the wretched which was that one about like a witch uh kind of like a uh, a witch that's possessing a family and stuff like that and and it got grave reviews and i checked it out and i was like eh, pretty generic you know it follows all of the story beats i would expect it to follow and mm-hmm. this one does exactly the same thing but uh z is interesting enough it's just not worth your money unless you already have shutter as a streaming service okay Cool. And that's it, man. That's what I got down to watching this week. Jay. Yes. We got some news. So let's head over and let's get into this week's news. Welcome back to this week's news. First news story. All right, Jay, I'm not sure if you got around to watching it, because I didn't. Did you watch this this year's Emmys? I I saw parts of it. I love it. I love it. I... <laughs> Yeah, I saw I saw the opening. It I sounds saw the like opening. you have a turd stuck in your ass, and you're like, Aye! or like, it's like you know, it's, you're you're having like that uh, the, the fire ass. Oh, da, 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 da. anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Tangent. I mean it, it's that's that's pretty much how I felt when I was watching this. No, it was it was, like it was, a, it was like a it fiery was, shit. It burned. <laughs> it burned the mucous membranes on my asshole. Yeah, no, but honestly, I thought they did a pretty good job with the whole orchestration of how this covid you know environment would be to play it out and awards scope and i thought i well, watched the okay, opening right, just so, like you did i didn't watch the, the whole thing and that's part of the problem when they're doing live and like jason bateman was too like they're doing jokes 
but there's nobody there to laugh in the background and there's gotcha. no filler there's no clapping it's it's all just <laughs> it's just it's it's you know you, you have to like it's a weird dry like chuckle type thing to gotcha. yourself yeah. but the sound effects you know it's not there so once they got over all of that, like the forced try to like opening like joke type situation, and I thought it was a kind of an interesting twist when they had the filler audience in, you mm-hmm. know, that was not actually there with Jimmy Kimmel hosting, and then just showing the landscape of how many webcams were out there in, in every single home and every different type of COVID, you know, party rooms, you know, that, you know, certain shows were doing, you know, as far as keeping things safe and all that. But, um, I thought it was well done. I thought it was pretty well done. I thought they, you know, they did a decent enough job for, for certainly the Emmys. It's you know the Oscars of TV, obviously. So it it has a lot of weight, and it's you know it's an important award show for a lot of people. And I was happy to see you know Succession, my show, do really well, and my mom's favorite show, Shit's Creek, did really well. Creek did cleaned the fuck up, and it's crazy because that's a show that's been on for five years, and you haven't seen it. Right. I, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I watched it. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I watched the first couple seasons on Netflix. Uh, but th- it's one of those things that this is a show that was on IFC television. So a lot of people haven't had access to it. It's now on Netflix. And tons of people have access to it and it's grown slowly over word of mouth of how great it is and standout star of the emmys is dan levy standing back there you know clapping for his dad cheering his dad on and stuff like that it was it it was it was great to watch that and also the mandalorian cleaned up pretty well too at the emmys so Mm. uh some 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 big stuff there but ultimately the emmys is like of the i guess you would say the the four big award shows i i'll throw the grammys in there with that so it's like the Grammys, the Emmys, um, the Golden Globes, and the Oscars. Oscars, yeah, the Academy Awards. This is like on the lower tier. I don't, I don't care. This is like watching the NBA for me, where it's like it's something. It's sports. Um, I'll watch it, <laughs> but I don't yeah, really like it. For me, this is like number three. Like Golden Globes doesn't mean as much, you know, because it's just small. Uh, amount, amount of people who I can only, be paid I only like influence. Golden Clothes if it's Ricky Gervais because I love looking at everyone's exactly. shocked face. It's, it's just so much more fun to watch. It's, the, it's by far the most fun show to watch is the oh, Golden yeah. Globes. And I probably... That's why it's up on my my tier, and, and, apparently and, a, no and it's a mix of TV a and movies. Fuck. You know, no it's a lot one of gives an absolute yeah. fuck about the Golden Globes, and they treat it as such. Even the Golden Globes knows no one gives a fuck if they win a Golden it's, Globe. It's a it's it's a bunch of rich eighty some foreign association press people who put on a big dog and pony show for the stars yeah and they get to vote on what they like (laughs) absolutely all right let's get get into our next news story all right so the next news story uh, a couple months ago uh there was this little like streaming app that could uh that came out it was called quibi or it's short for quick bits Mm -hmm. uh apparently they are now kind of searching for potential buyers they are looking to be bought out essentially yep they're considering a sale merger to keep the company afloat it is not doing too hot as far as streaming services are concerned I found that interesting. I think for me, it's that quick bite television doesn't appeal to me. You know, when I watch TV, 
it yeah. is my relaxation time and stuff like that. Like if I'm at the doctor's office or like I, I, I'm at lunch at work or something like that, I don't want to pop something on that I have to like watch and kind of like well, think about and stuff like that. Or even if it's just fun videos and stuff like like the Kevin Hart videos and stuff like that. Sure. It's still it's it's more time consuming than I want to give that, you know, for my free time. I want I want to fucking decompress sure i just want to relax sometimes i just want fucking silence Shut the fuck up! and quick bits to be honest for the daytime is mainly people wanting to just look up something you know like you're working you're doing something during the day something That's pops it. in your head then you go and quick look something up i right? far more prefer to read an article on my lunch break than exactly. I do to watch something. A 12 on, minute short film. Exactly. Exactly. You know? it's, so uh, it's not, it's not surprising to me that it's not doing as well as they had hoped and that they're looking for like a merger. But what I think would be a really interesting thing to do, and this is all, you know, tinfoil hat and, and like kind of, you know, pie in the sky, wish, hope, dream, whatever, uh, is that, one of the other streaming services picks it up and they do like, or, or a network picks it up and they do like spinoffs to their successful shows for like short bits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, I, I don't, I don't really know how to put it, but like, let's say you're a huge fan of, you know, Amazon prime and, and, and you got like the, the, the Jack Ryan series and stuff like that. Amazon picks up Quibi and like, you know, suddenly there's like a side story that's going on in 10 to 12 minute quick bits on Quibi that coincides with your television show. And it doesn't affect right. it too much. You can watch it if you want to watch it, but it's ancillary material. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You know what they're going to do? They're going to do like character uh, things. Yeah, exactly. But I, know, don't, so I don't know who would pick this up. Like part of me is like, hey man, let Disney pick this up. You know, let's see what, let, let's see what they would do with like the quick I, stories. You know, like that. Yeah. All those, remember like all those old, uh, uh, all the end credit scenes and stuff sure. like that. And, and the short movies they used to do, like uh, the Agent Coulson one where he takes out the the dudes in the, uh, in, in the, in the gas station while he's on his way to Thor's hammer. Uh, right. All hail to the King. So where, where it yeah. picks up uh, with Trevor Slattery, who, who played the fake Mandalorian and stuff like that. Right. I like I would love to see more stuff like that. Like I loved that shit. See, so. I personally think that they need to um expand the platform. It can't just be professional short bits or short films and and whatnot. I think they need to try and make it a little bit more user friendly. I think so too, yeah. Think TikTok. Look at look at the success of TikTok. That is all 100% user user created, user made, and you can access anybody's profiles usually, I think. Um and you can still search things through hashtags just like, you know, the rest of Look, other media platforms. Here's what it comes so down to. So if you to. expand upon Quibi to maybe having users also watch what they may like, like a normal platform like a Amazon Prime or Netflix, but also be able to create your own and potentially like upload that. It doesn't. We talked about Quibi longer than any episode on their platform. All right, all right, let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on. I, I I've never seen anything on Quibi. I know. I I one thing's for sure. Like I like I know. Like my wife was interested in Quibi, but as as she told me, if I'm interested in quick bits, I'll just go to the bedroom with you. Next news story. <laughs> Apparently, Mulan's video on demand sales 
have beat Tenet's global box office. So Disney was kind of like mum on like how well Mulan did on their streaming service. We all know that it really wasn't doing too hot in the theaters, but apparently it's video on demand. It's uh, over on Disney Plus. It's premiere access did quite well for them. And the reason I put this on here is not to bash Tenet even more for its low for its low box office. I think Warner Brothers knew it was going to be a low box office. They were just hoping for the best. They wished in one hand, shit in the other, and they found out which one filled up first. But with this, with the reason I put this on here is we've been back and forth every week. It seems like Disney, like there's rumors that Disney's leaning towards the Black Widow coming out on Disney Plus, or it's going to come out in theaters. Well, they've moved the date. Right now, they've moved the date. They've taken the November 6th date off of all the posters. The November 6th date no longer plays after the trailers. Uh, so it, they've, they're definitely getting ready to do something. And I think if Mulan has done well, it's very possible they might push that to both the theaters and Disney Premier Access at the same time. The only difference being is I'm not sure what Mulan's budget was, but something tells me that Black Widow's budget far exceeds Mulan's. Mm. So yeah. it, that may be the reason why they would still hold out to put Black Widow out on on uh, in the theaters and, and just hold off and continue pushing movies back until everything's clear until it's I, until it's I, a good yeah to go. I think it, I think it's a now right now I think it's a bit of a mix of release dates I mean 2021 is gonna be fucking insane insane I know packed, we're gonna be so busy packed. we're gonna be ridiculously busy I mean we're <laughs> We're scraping by this year. Is and, it weird you know, that what, like like some of those like mid tier movies that's like I'm interested in, but like I'm not chomping at the bit for? I kind of just hope they either cancel or just push them out to streaming services and stuff. Where it's like, you well, know, I, 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 I would take th- it. I, no, I'm serious. I do think they're gonna even throughout 2021 because of the bombardment of the bigger films in theaters. Those mid level and smaller movies that may have had previous, you know full theater releases are going to have to do and practice a little bit of more creative release strategies and, and do some, you know, whatever, you know, uh, I don't know, like just like a, like a Palm Springs type thing, you know, really just pimp themselves out of Hulu, sell out there and just try and do a big marketing push and, and get some traction. I don't know. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think outside the box nowadays with this kind of thing. So you know, I know Disney's still doing that. They're trial, trial and error, trial and error. Mulan, you know, it's you know, you can you can argue one way or the other. Some people think it was a failure. Some people think it was a success. You know, Black Widow obviously was supposed to be a big fucking theater experience, and now I don't know. We're still up in the air. I'm still waiting for them to drop this news, but you know that that they're that they're going to put it out but disney's playing a lot of its stuff very close to the chest all right quick editor's note and i apologize for the sound quality of this because i'm recording it on my headphones but we didn't have to wait long for disney to make an announcement on what they were doing with black widow so they have now come out to say that black widow has been delayed to may 7th 2021 so it will not be getting that disney plus premiere access as mulan did they've actually decided to shift the entire mcu back uh because uh, may 7th 2021 will be the release of black widow which pushes shang chi and the legend of 10 rings to july 9th 2021 and eternals has been pushed to november 5th 
2021. So we didn't have to wait long to get that news. Uh, so basically, this entire news story that you just heard was a waste of your fucking time. Next news story. We have some casting for She-Hulk. It seems that the She-Hulk TV series has found their lead role of Jennifer, and it will be played by Tatiana Maslany. And sci-fi fans may remember her uh, as as an actress from the film or from from the TV series Orphan Black. Um, I I don't I'm not familiar much with her as far as like career I'm not goes. either. Um, I you know I know the projects that she's been in, but I've never actually seen them. Right. Um, she has an an engaging look about her. I I just you know, it's a it's a surprising choice. I'll say that it is. It is. It's a surprising choice. I mean, clearly, like most of her credits come down to television roles and stuff like that. So uh, I'm I'm kind of interested in in seeing you know what is it about her that 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 got her cast. I've heard several people say that it's it's definitely Orphan Black, which obviously is about I believe it's like a clandestine group of of women who are kind of like spies and super soldiers in in a, in a sense. So a lot of action, a lot of fighting and stuff for for the female characters in that show. And I, I got to think that that's kind of what led them to this conclusion to cast her. Um but I'm certainly interested. I'm just interested more in this series as it develops more so than who's going to be in it, you know, like what what ties is this going to have to the MCU? What ties is Mark Ruffalo going to have to it? You know, is Mark Ruffalo on his way out? Are we going to replace the Hulk with the She-Hulk and stuff like that? Any any type of thing you could think of. That's that's more so what I'm interested than who is playing the the role. Maybe smash a few things along the way. I think it's gratuitous, but whatever. Next news story. All right, man, your boy Robert Pattinson. Mm. He got a little sick. <coughs> he got a little bit of the. <coughs> COVID cough, mm-hmm. but he came back, came back swinging, and apparently they have resumed filming with him over on the Batman set. So you don't have to worry. You know, you could save you could save your flowers. You know, you don't need to send him flowers and just be like, "I'm so sorry that you got the COVID." He's rich. He can afford the he can afford the health care that he needs to to take care of himself. He's on the mend and he's back to filming and production has resumed. Don't. Kill him. If you kill him, you won't learn nothing. <laughs> Thank God, I can't wait. This movie is going to be sick. I mean, how? I mean, I, we didn't get into it too much because uh, I didn't want to spoil it too much. But like, how creepy was he in uh, The Devil All the Time? Oh, he was so good. He was so. <laughs> did you good. like the accent that he put on? I nah, did. You no, wasn't it, here. It was, Cause you know why this woman know, brought chicken livers because that's all she can afford. Now I'ma eat all these animal livers so that the rest of you can all enjoy. <laughs> that's the way he talked in the you movie. Know, but at the same time, everybody else in the movie had that kind of heavy accent. It's just that he had a pitch. He had that over that the top. Different. That was a little different. But at the same time, it makes sense because he's a preacher. You know, he's a young preacher. He has to stand out. He's got to like you know have a presence. And by God, he did. And and he you know it was it was eerie and creepy. And it, I think it was just pitch perfect for his role. You I know, know it's, it's his so, particular yeah. character. And I thought you know every time um, he talked, I kept thinking of it was a wild movie, man. Now, it was a wild movie. What we got here is failure to communicate. <laughs> Because that's the accent he was using. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know, I know. 
I felt like he watched Cool Hand Luke, and he's like, "That's <laughs> that's what I'm going with. I'm going to go with that the whole time." Uh, and, he, and, and I just, you know, and they just finally uh, dropped the news that he actually kept it from everybody until day one on the set. Of course, he did, and he of did not he work did. with a dialect coach. And I, I did remember hearing, um, actually reading other old interviews a couple years ago, how he is obsessed with dialect. Like he's really a big fan of it and trying to create something unique for every single role. Let Let's see how his Gotham City accent. Uh, comes out when he when he comes yeah. to screens. He'll have as something. The Batman. Next news story. All right, Jay. This is a movie that we talked about probably damn near a year ago, and I know uh, in some episodes past we've kind of wondered what the fuck is going on with this movie. We had Jamie Foxx cast in the role. You know, Todd McFarlane has thrown out a bunch of different statements about it, but since they weren't backed up from anybody from a studio or from any type of of lead uh, on the film, we just kind of take it all with a grain of salt. But apparently, the producer of the Spawn reboot movie who's jason blum of you know blumhouse has basically said that the reason for its delay is that the script still needs some work uh it's just not right yet that's it that's the spirit just think of me as your guardian angel the clown from hell you're jimmy stewart and i'm clarence Oh, well, 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 every time uh, somebody farts, a uh, uh, demon catches a wings. Uh, uh, yeah. Oops, twins. So we're kind of going back to the collaboration board. We're going to kind of tighten up the script and kind of make it something that we want to put out is essentially what they're saying. So uh, it's not that the Spawn reboot movie is, is gone. It has not been canceled as a result of the pandemic. It's just that they want to take their time and they want to make it as good as they possibly can. Uh, I'm still excited for this, man. The yeah. I like the original Spawn movie. It's fine. It has fuck ugly CGI. <laughs> just <laughs> well, it sounds like that. This you know the script was gonna be a, a shit movie. You know, I mean, it could have been another trashy remake for sure. I'm. I'm positive on this news. Like, I like hearing that it's like, it's just not good enough yet. You know, like, I agree. No, I agree. We're not rushing it it out. We're not in a hurry to make a bunch of money. You know, I mean, yeah, ultimately, we will make more money by making it a better movie, is what they're saying. So, and and, and guess what, Dave? You know, with the onslaught the next couple years being very heavily uh, bombarded by films. Those lower tier, lower quality films are just going to get completely, oh yes, yeah. completely snuffed out by quality. Spawn films can very easily be a drag three D. Uh, like yeah. it, it could very easily come out and just give it, it. It could be good. It could be fucking great, like Dread three D was. But it's not a character that the main, you know, you know, people are are familiar with. That 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 that, that you know, that perfect, you know, twelve to. 40 age range that they're trying to hit may not be as familiar with it especially on the lower end you know like spawn is an interesting character to me i grew up in the 90s i read spawn i loved it it was that shit it was fucking raw it was, you know <laughs> was, raw dogging it it was it was like sega you know sega do what nintendo don't like that that's what image comics was back in the early 90s and uh there's a fantastic image comics documentary that's on amazon prime and i've encouraged everyone to watch it when they can but um you know it it, it it's still not going to hit that mainstream market. So I think 
by by doing this, by making it the best possible movie you possibly can, only is only going to increase its chances to make them more money. So, I look forward to to hearing more news about it. I'm glad that this is not a dead project. Now, if only. NBC Universal can get off their ass uh, and let us know whether there's going to be a Mega City One coming out for the Dread Universe, you know, <laughs> because that's been on, I guess, an indefinite hold uh, since about 2017. But that's a that, that's a TV series I was very much looking forward to. So that's gonna do it for our news this week. But me and Jay are not done just yet. Before we get into our top five, uh, we've done a lot of talking about Disney Plus here. And now Disney Plus has given us, has gifted us another trailer. One week after the Mandalorian trailer or smack dab in the middle of the Emmys, they're like, you know what? We said WandaVision was coming later on this year. And here's a little peek. You know, like it's, 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 it's like, it's like when she's teasing you, you know, like, have you ever like, just like. Where she just shows you like a little bit, like mm. nothing, nothing too risque, but like just enough where you're like, and, oh, and, oh yeah. man, and oh. a surprise too, right? You, know, you go a little, you go a little Uncle Jesse, and you're like, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect example. Yes. Yeah, that's what Disney Plus just did to us this week when they dropped the Wanda Vision trailer. So Jay, let's head over and let's get into trailer. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but it's a new wave. We've been on since God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. Heavenly shades of night are calling. It's twilight time. Out of Wonder and vision. Oh, we have five pets. This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas. Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Why would you think that? Because you are. We are an unusual couple, you know. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. So the WandaVision trailer, Jay, obviously this was the show you said you were most interested in from the MCU, even more so than Falcon Winter Soldier. This is the one that you were looking forward to. It's gotten a bump up in the schedule. It's now coming out before Falcon Winter Soldier. We skipped it in the news, but uh, they actually have been some set photos coming out from Falcon Winter Soldier. Apparently they've resumed production on it and a lot of it is apparently pickup uh, footage. So apparently because 
reportedly the storyline had to do with a worldwide pandemic mm-hmm. they may be doing some rewrites and some re <laughs> some reshoots for it uh we got we got some images of sebastian stan on the motorcycle with the metal arm all that stuff and apparently uh there was also some pictures of george saint pierre on set as well george saint pierre you may remember uh played batrock the leaper in uh the winter soldier film so um there's some news coming out about that but that it's not done production, but what is done production and is apparently still just going through the editing process right now, but is slated for a late 2020 release, probably in late December when the Mandalorian ends is Wanda vision. And that we just watched the trailer, me and Jay together. And what are you thinking, Jay? Just, just your first thoughts that come to your mind. Oh man. I just super excited. You know, I think these characters are highly interesting. Uh, I love the actors. Um, there's so much mystery, but also there's a lot of culture, culture pop and pizzazz you know very nostalgic to it all so you know i'm I'm really excited i'm really intrigued to see uh how they do this you know i think it's going to be highly entertaining i i love the way that like they're even we we got this this notion from the disney plus um teaser that we got during the super bowl where it showed like some clips of wandavision showed some clips of falcon winter soldier but through that we kind of got this idea that the world that wanda's creating and make no bones about it there's a scene where she literally changes the furniture in the room Mm -hmm. to be different furniture with her powers which means this is full-on wanda with reality altering powers so sure uh, that this is part of my questions that i have is like like what is like is vision actually real or is he fake as well? well like that's well, and I think they allude to that in this trailer. Right, but, but if, if your powers can change reality, who's to say that her making exactly, them real exactly. is impossible? And, and that's that's part of the fucking amazing charm about this but potential also part of the story drama as yeah. well so yeah, yeah. Uh, but but we, we're getting this progression of like the 1950s to the 1960s to like the 80s 90s television all stuff that we can that we can relate to and like even the way the trailer starts is showing you an old 50s tube tv and it says marvel studios on it and then it goes into like the car driving down this very 50s suburban street and on the back of the car it shows just married and like we get like the scene where they don't show him carrying her through the threshold but it's obviously like very old time america he clearly just carried her through the threshold she's still wearing his her wedding dress he is wearing a suit and they're dancing in the living room so she's kind of living out the fantasy it almost seems that she wanted to live out with the vision the kind of the the relationship that they were beginning to talk about having in infinity war and Mm -hmm. never never got and you know she uh we, we get the we get the great scene of them sitting at dinner with a a character who is quite familiar to me, an an actress who's quite familiar to me as she played Kitty in that 70s show. And I absolutely, I don't know what it is about Deborah Jo Rupp, but every time I see her, like I'm just like, she puts a smile on my face just a little bit. I loved her as Kitty in uh, in that 70s show. We see her here as kind of like the wife of this, of this other gentleman. I'm not sure if they're playing like mother and father of one of them. I think more or less it's probably boss and wife of, of uh, vision of Paul Bettany. And, but we kind of get like this break in reality that goes on. Like we, we see, 
we see the older gentleman, the husband, kind of like slamming the table, and he's repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And it happens right after she kind of like spaced out, where she kind of like lost. It mm-hmm. seems like she may have lost control over the reality-altering powers that she was that she was well, you know, she's, bringing out. She's got a lot of things moving <laughs> at one time so i'm exactly. sure it does take a lot of energy of uh, off of her and you know it's it's got to take a toll you know emotionally but also just in your own head and your own powers it's got to take a toll especially the amount of detail that she's probably trying to do and orchestrate and the longer she does it obviously it's going to take a lot more energy off of her so yeah it's it's this is this is going to be really something special and very unique. I, I cannot agree more. Um, we also then get scenes from there after that where it, it, we kind of see like the color change and it, it, it kind of starts moderning up. But one of the conversations they were having during that dinner is about children. Where are the children? And we kind of get that answer right after that as we see Wanda and Vision kind of like dancing and stuff and going through their going through their their lives and then we wind up getting the children uh, who apparently will be Wiccan and Speed of the Young Avengers thus still moving us towards that Young Avengers that we talked about long time ago we also get some images of Catherine Hahn's character of Agnes who apparently will be playing the main antagonist of the series mm-hmm. she apparently will be a survivor of the Salem witch trials uh, is supposedly what they're what they're saying that she has a mysterious hex power and and she's apparently based off the comic book character of Agatha Harkness and they, they I, I don't know why they chose to change her name and not keep her Agatha Harkness maybe because the character's not going to embody all the same things that that character was in the comics but she, she clearly has has a bigger role to play because in the next scene we kind of get the vision who still has all of his powers and if you notice still has a certain stone lodged in the center of his skull which that stone was destroyed by thanos so i'm not sure if he is truly alive like you asked in the beginning jay right because he still has the mind stone and he even uses it because we see that agnes Catherine han is kind of like frozen in a car as he approaches her and he touch her touches her and we get like this little yellow glow next to her head as if like he used a mind stone to wake her up and she said, I thought I was dead, you know, like like you. <laughs> she starts cackling maniacally. So there's clearly going to be some discovery on his part that not all is what it seems. It may not be that Vision is in on the powers uh, that Scarlet Witch is now showing. Um, and this was a big thing in the comics, you know. They, they originally weren't really kind of sure like what Wanda's powers were. They eventually gave her like these reality altering powers. She eventually used them to create a world for herself, a family and children. And when those children were quote unquote ripped away from her, she lost control of everything and disassembled the Avengers by killing Hawkeye, bringing Jack of Hearts back to life and and blowing up Avengers Mansion. And this was all done through her reality altering powers. So I fully expect with this to be kind of like a House of M story, which is where Wanda is manipulated by her father, Magneto, to create a world of his own making, 
where mutants are the superior power in the world. Uh, now, I don't think it's going to go as deep into that, but it's very clearly Wanda creating her own world, her own safe space where she feels like she can thrive and have the life that she wanted, which is psychologically interesting. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. And I think it's going to explore a lot of different kind of facets. I don't even know who you are. You will. Yeah, I'm just, this is by far, I think I said this last winter, this is one of my most eagerly anticipated extensions, I guess you could say, from from that from that universe uh, yeah. to be on the, on this platform on Disney Plus, more, even more so than Winter Soldier and Falcon, <laughs> honestly. I think this has the most potential to have ramifications for the MCU's future than Falcon Winter Soldier does. You know, I think this is setting up something completely new, especially because we know that Wanda is going to show up in Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness. So uh, after all that, we see... Uh, after the Catherine Hahn scene with um with Vision kind of waking her up, uh, we see Vision walking down the street dressed in like this very this very vintage costume of his own costume, very very invocative of, of his early costume in the comics. And earlier on in the trailer, uh, we see Wanda in her comic book type costume, and I feel like that's kind of like a Halloween type a- episode, like where they're dressing th- this way for for Halloween, especially because he's walking down the street, and we can see other people who look like they're walking around in costumes as well. But immediately after that, we get kind of like this body, uh, this person who is covered in a red glow, which is uh wanda's powers she gets kind of like pulled through a field and then through kind of like this what almost looks like interdimensional webbing i guess and is pulled it looks like she's being pulled in to wanda's world and that character as we see her lying on the grass and she looks over at the camera is tayana paris who is playing monica rambeau uh we talked about this before she was the young daughter in captain marvel and we knew that she was showing up here and apparently and in this time she is an agent of sword not an agent of shield uh we saw that at the end of spider-man far from home nick fury was up on a satellite and there were scrolls walking around and he apparently had started an intergalactic defense force for the earth and he it will now be called sword instead of shield shield will still exist but sword uh is is kind of like a fighting against the greater powers that are out there and she apparently has joined him in that so i look forward to kind of seeing her character develop and i kind of hope we get a nick fury cameo in this i feel like it's not truly mcu (laughs) unless nick fury shows up at some point there's a good chance you will i don't remember asking you a goddamn thing Right, I haven't checked the IMDb to see like if he's listed on it, but I don't think they I don't would think they would allow that to be on there if it is. But I fully expect there to be some sort of like cameo by either him or Benedict Cumberbatch uh, at some point in it. But you know, it just kind of ends with both of them like sitting on the couch, having this very picturesque, uh, you know family view of them and kind of like everything wanda would want with the man that she loved having been ripped away from her so i look forward to this reports are that like a lot of what we're seeing is early on in the series and early on in the series it's going to kind of be this 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 less than lucid dream of wanda's um but as the show progresses, it's going to become more grounded in reality and be more or less like uh, the MCU we've come to expect. Yeah, um, it's, but not, I still think it's, it's nine episodes, so I do think it's going to probably be like that for the first. It's going to be broken down like three, three, three. 
you know so they're they're probably going to have a three episodes of them and her kind of like trying to like you know exist and and be happy um create their own little world and then the middle section will be that transition when things start to stir the pot a little bit and then at the end it'll be this you know modern day action film <laughs> for sure for sure it'll be it'll be a lot of fun also i noticed like at that dinner scene uh if you notice when wanda's pouring the wine it's mm-hmm. floating which means everyone else can watch that wine bottle float as well which yeah, means it, like, it had, it, well, it had bewitched um exactly elements to it exactly but like it makes me feel like in this world that she's created for herself she doesn't have to hide who she is but for some reason vision has to hide who he is he has to change his face and he has to be more more human i also found it interesting that the wine bottle says uh mason du mepris wine which stands for house of contempt which kind of goes into the whole house of m thing that i was talking about one person we don't see in this who we know is is in it is Darcy. Um, could we get some wine, please? Sure, I'd love some. From the Thor, from the first two Thor films, mm-hmm. we don't see Darcy anywhere, and I'm kind of surprised at that. I don't, I'm not sure what role she's going to play, but something tells me that since she was a scientist uh, who worked, well, at least was an apprentice of a scientist, uh, you know, who who worked alongside Jane in the Thor films, and Jane specialized in portal theory and we do see what looks like monica rambeau being pulled through a portal it may be darcy who figures out how to get into wanda's pocket universe that she's kind of created for herself yeah i think that's uh that's an exciting thing and obviously kat dennings i love has time on her hands right now so she does (laughs) well she she had that she had that show that i liked on hulu i don't remember that yeah i I think i think she'll i think she'll fit right in with this series and i think she was always kind of like a fun beloved little little small side character that didn't get much airtime you know much more than you know the first couple films yeah so i'm excited for wandavision i can't wait to sink my teeth into each episode and pick up mcu easter eggs to drop each and every episode that 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 is on there i'm not sure if we'll do that every week that it comes out because that that could be quite exhausting we'll see we'll see i mean this might be heavily layered with a lot of exactly it, nuggets it might be something um, that like once you know we'll talk about the, the the premiere of it when it comes out and then right. we'll wait till the whole series comes out and then we will discuss the series as a whole some of our favorite easter eggs some of our some of our favorite moments and stuff like that you know full it's review for the, spoilers yeah we'll see we'll see what, how, what, what's going on in that time yeah because um, let's face it we don't have the time to dig into it like if we were doing a an after show for it uh yeah you know it th- that's all well and good but we don't you know there's so much other stuff to talk out or talk about uh, out there we don't have sure. the time to dedicate every episode to 10 minutes to talk about this week's wandavision episode or this week's mandalorian episode uh but god knows i could for sure <laughs> i definitely could but with that jay speaking of time it's time to get into this week's top five which is the top five dystopian future movies Welcome back. It is me and Jay's top five time. And this time we are doing our top five dystopian future movies. Now, as always, we like to discuss how we tackled the list before we get into our list so that people don't come at us with hatchets and try to fucking, you know, slay us for not putting their favorite movie in a genre on the list. So for this one, 
it wasn't so much as as about how good the movie was there may be a good a good movie even a great movie that has a dystopian future in it it also had to have a cool dystopian future as well something that's a little bit more imaginative something that creates a world yeah or at least pack a punch in your own like for me like i wanted to be well, I guess it depends. I mean, we'll talk about it when when the films come up. Exactly. List, but. but but for the most part, like, you know, there there are plenty of dystopian future movies out there. Sure. But some of them, like, maybe whether it comes down to, like, the style of it or whether it comes down to the world of it, like, what they brought to, to that dystopian future, like, sometimes it's just a setting and it really doesn't add to the story at all. Sometimes it's a dystopian future that isn't all that up appealing or the movie didn't really get into it enough to to kind of build a world around it where i'm like that is cool and sometimes you know they're very plausibly you can see in the foreseeable future could happen exactly exactly i have a few of those on my list and honorable mentions as well but without any further delay jay let's get into your number five what's your number five dystopian future movie Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Low. Sickeningly low. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, so this one, you know, I think is thoroughly entertaining. I think the world is what keeps it low on the totem pole because it is because so savage. Because you've never watched so... Road Warrior. You've never watched Road Warrior. If I'm not driving through the desert in a cool-ass muscle car and fighting a dude who's wearing a gimp mask with assless chaps to the death... I saw that movie, David. It's not a world I want to live. It's not a world... I I, I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have that <laughs> in its dystopian future, okay? Can, can we wear that outfit for Halloween this year? We got the gimp. Sleeping. Well, I guess you just have to go wake him up now, won't you? You can, you can. Uh, <laughs> my my daughter's already enlisted me to wear a burlap sack and be oogie boogie <laughs> from uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas because she's going to be Sally. All right, so. The next Halloween party, that's what we're wearing: some assless chaps. Hey, you could be our Jack though. She's been begging for someone to be Jack, so all we got to do is get you a uh, get you a skull head, put you in a pinstripe suit, and uh, throw you out there as Jack. So you can come, you can come trick or treating with us. Jack the Pumpkin King. Oh, see, well, I don't think Lauren's going to let us, though. <laughs> Probably not. No, no. Uh, but anyway. Uh, let's, anyway, let's, so this film let's get back is, to this. Yeah. it's just, it's you know, George Miller just killed it with this. And I think the story is great. I'm sorry to cut you off again, but when, I, when, when we mention a film, we're also kind of talking about, like, its world. So the other Mad Max movies are kind of fitting into this as well, correct? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank Fair you. enough. Right. Correct. I'm um, singling out Fury Road because I think in a lot of ways it it had more, I don't know, I guess it has more of a cast. That's probably why I want to talk about it more because it has a little bit more going on character-wise. You know, there's a lot more going on with that. It's a lot more fun and crazy and bonkers. Um, the other films are just a little bit more singular with the story, you know? Right. Um, you know, and this one kind of is in some ways too, very singular with the story. But there's so many different layers and, and characters um, throughout this story. And I think it's just well executed. It's a lot of fun. And I think the action is just, you know, phenomenal. <laughs> you know, that it's all practical. And they pulled it off, man. Very true. All right, Jay. My number five. It's Total Recall. What do you want 
Mr. Quay. The same as you, to remember. But why? To be myself again. You are what you do. A man is defined by his action, not his memory. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind to me, please. I love this idea of going to Mars. Like, I love this idea of, like, us having a society on Mars. But, like, the the really cool thing about it, and you know I just got done watching, like, two Mars shows and stuff like that, and, and that Mars documentary. But one of the interesting things about Mars is when we go there, there will probably we will probably bring our problems from this planet to that planet and this film shows that it shows that there's a rich upper class who lives in this you know beautiful picturesque city and there is the 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 curmudgeons the the fucking mutants who have been exposed to mars's radiation who live down below and stuff like that and that's that's pretty much what it's probably going to be like i don't know about like you know having a fucking little krang coming out of your chest and stuff like that we probably won't have that but we will you know there there will be a disparity between the haves and the have nots and i i love that aspect of total recall um it's it's one of my it'll be in like three to four or five hundred years from now but you know it'll happen (laughs) it might be it might be sooner than you think i mean at least you know they plan on getting people to mars by 2030 so um Uh, establishing a society on mars yeah you're right maybe a couple hundred years away but you know i i i just i just love this world i love i love the total recall movie i love arnie in it but i i think that aspect of of mars and having a society on mars is what i find most appealing about it yeah yeah i understand that and you know ad astra you know you you have elements of that um sprinkled in with the film film and you know the more i think about ad astra the more i respect it that's what's crazy we are on the onset right now and i don't mean to get like too too deep into this but like we are on the onset right now where we have governments going to space Mm -hmm. and we have private companies going to space and it's a very dangerous thing because we we have a treaty with other countries about about how we treat space and how we treat each other in space Mm -hmm. but those companies do not follow those rules and right. don't have to follow those rules. Yeah, they basically follow oh. the rules of international. SpaceX waters. could just go go up in space right now for all they care. Like they don't have well, to announce anything once, technically, right? All they have to do <laughs> they well, can just they, go they, up. They do need to use NASA launch pads and stuff like that. But what's interesting is like like once space travel becomes, I, I don't want to say as mundane as like flying, you know, from from London to New York, but like once it becomes, you know, a, a pretty routine thing, you will see companies like SpaceX and other ones like it selling their technology to other companies so that they can go up into space and you will have a privatization of space it will essentially be like how europe privatized and sectioned off parts of africa and parts of of asia and southeast asia and stuff like you will start seeing colonies from different countries on 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 planets on space stations and stuff like that. so happy i won't be existing then (laughs) because it it will wind up probably causing the same problems that it caused on our world up, up there so um but total recall it's kind of right there it's 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 all right there 
Um, you know, you got the yeah. big corporations taking you to space and everything like that. So I found it very interesting. I think when I watched this movie back in the day, it was like, it's cool. But when I watch it now, I was like, huh, I kind of got something right. <laughs> All right, Jay, what's your number four? Gattaca. Jay. Whoa. Whoa. It's my number four, too. <gasps> so began the process of becoming Jerome. Myopia is one of the most obvious signs of a disadvantaged birth. Isn't there another way? Surgery's no good. You'll see the scars. It's contact lenses or a white cave. Besides, the color doesn't match. He's right. My eyes are prettier. This is the second week in a row, I think, we've had a, a, sh- a shared movie on the same number, too. Last week, we both had I Am Iron Man, and we both had roads where we're yeah. going. We don't need yeah. roads. Those are two and one, right? Or three and one or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we were close with our list last week. But yeah, man, Gattaca. Uh, it's my number four as well. Uh, yeah, so this one was a really special, poignant movie that I saw early on when I got into films. This is a 97 film. I think I saw this probably in 01, 02. And it, it just, you know, I love the cast. And I thought... For a sci-fi, you know, element movie, it was very quiet. It was very mature. It was very hopeful, but yet somber at the same time. And, you know, it just had this simple but tension-filled story that I think, you know, it's still sort of translated to, you know, an underdog classic storyline. You know, you had Ethan Hawke and, you know, he, he was always... A fighter, you know, always trying to compete and and be the best that he can be. But these genetics, um, in the in these uh, these uh, some some people within the world have better genetics, and, and there's reasons right. for that. But you know, they are the only ones who are able to be part of space travel, and that was his always lifelong dream. And it's you know part of a story of him trying to get to the to that point and achieve that dream. And there's other characters that that help him along that path. You assigned me this movie for movie homework. I watched it. One of my successes. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really liked it. But I think the reason that I I liked it so much is because of our like when this movie came out. And I if I saw it then, it probably wouldn't have resonated with me as much as it does now because mm. I read a lot about CRISPR technology, how mm. we can edit genetics and stuff like that. That'll be matched. The, then that'll we've uh, mapped the human genome and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a very real fear for our future with CRISPR te- you know, technology. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, it, in the future we may see things where it's like your baby is predispositioned for this cancer because you carry that gene and now your right. baby carries that gene. We'll remove that gene. Right. We'll remove this. We'll remove that. You can remove the imperfections. And in yeah. and, and in you can even put in things that you want your child to yeah. be based on CRISPR technology by manipulating genetics. Don't you and think stuff that's like gonna that. happen before us right. living on Mars? Oh, I think that is right? that that this is far closer to our future I'm than to like, recall. Yeah, I think that's like fifty years away. That's, so it, it, but then again, just like Gattaca says, then we have a, a ruling class, uh-huh. most likely, of genetic monsters, uh-huh. essentially, uh-huh. of uh, of the haves and have-nots. And, you know, it's it's in, where the rich will get to will, will get to genetically modify their children to be the best possible human beings they could possibly be. They'll rule the world, and the rest of us will be left. Right. Jude yeah. Law was one of them, and he had an injury where he, you know, 
He wasn't yeah, able he, to do what he wanted to do. Essentially, all of us that don't have the money to afford that type of technology will will, will just be, you know, coming into dumpsters that <laughs> that produce dumpster babies. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, pretty essentially. much. I'm just a prom night dumpster baby. Yeah, and, and it's but it's it's a very real fear for our future, and I think that resonates more now than when Gattaca fucking came out. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, I guess I don't know what it was, but it, it's, it stuck with me when the first time I saw it, and I've I've you know that's been a, a sleeper. It probably huge sticks with you because you're for a long time. fucking genetic freak. <laughs> You're you're like 36 years old. You you still look practically the same as you did when you were in your late 20s. You're fucking you. close to seven foot tall, um, and you don't have an ounce of fat on you. You are a <laughs> fucking genetic freak, and I'm I pretty know. sure your parents are are early adopters of the Gattaca program. <laughs> It's just a shame they didn't boost the intelligence up. I'm good kidding. old, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know, good old meat and potatoes. <laughs> no, it's true. They, that's what that's the one regret they have. They're like, wow, the we should, I should have put you in George school. We should have, we should have played, we, we should have paid the extra, you know, $150,000 for the intelligence upgrade. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. That's, that is the joke. The family joke. <laughs> Is that you should have went to George School? If you don't know, George School is a local. Um, it, it's a local boarding school. Um, the only difference is most people send their kids from hundreds of miles away to this prestigious boarding school. Jay would have been within pretty much bike yeah. riding distance of this prestigious yeah. school. Yeah, Bill Crosby's kids go there. You know, like it's a it's a it's a very nice, wealthy, private Quaker school. It was. But, um, I coached there for one year. Rich kids did not like me. <laughs> we'll just say that. Drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. And then you will run a mile. <laughs> I coached across there for one year. Uh, they did not like having to do army crawls and walrus crawls and up-downs and stuff like that when they fucked up. Uh, but, hey, welcome to Hell Week. <laughs> That's what I told them. Hey, uh, I'm sure yeah, they remember you, man. Trust me. That's a lot one of, of those complaints. All right, but Jay, what's your number three? Minority report. They don't feel any pain. We keep their heads pretty well stocked with dopamine and endorphins. Plus, we maintain careful control over their serotonin levels. Don't want them to drift off into too deep a sleep. They can't be kept too awake either. It's better if you don't think of them as human. No, they're much more than that. What is it about minority report uh, that, I mean, I think it's a cool-looking world. It is. I wanted to really put this on because this was one of my one of my more recent favorite Steven Spielberg films. I think it's a great story. I think it's, you know, got a great balance of sci-fi. Um, you know, and I think uh for the most part, I love the the idea of having this special police unit that, you know, is able to stops a crime happening at the moment right before it does occur i don't necessarily love the precog element like where it's like these three you know gifted humans that have this ability and they kind of use them up and i i do struggle with that element you know of it but everything else in the story i love you know? I like the idea of like maybe like mapping your psychology and stuff mm-hmm. like that and right. and possibly predetermining you to commit a crime so you get imprisoned and stuff like that. But I don't 
love the idea of like three pod babies just sleeping in no water, exactly like exactly. coming up with it but and i do struggle with that but i i can look that over because everything else i love dude i love the action i love the cinematography i think the acting is great you know the the back and forth with you know tom cruise and colin farrell young colin farrell uh and and uh max von Seto, you know playing you know his his you know the you know essentially you know the main baddie. Uh, it's a twist, and it might be a little mild spoiler, but um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a great fun film, and you know this is a Philip K. Dick story. Um, you know Scott Frank, he wrote the screenplay, and I thought he did a great job. You know he's done uh, Logan. You know we took that off of my list. You know, we, we kind of talked about that a little bit. That's not necessarily just, um, I, I, I just absolutely you know. love that you're worried about spoilers for a film. That's like 15 <laughs> years old, dude. I, all right. First of all, you, you know, there's listeners out there who are probably teenagers or 19 years old who are, who are going through their back catalog. Devil. They're not all our age, Dave. Devil. Jesus Christ. Look at look at look at our look at our fucking logo. Look at our logo. That's a kid logo, (laughs) dude. It's it's fucking uh, it's Super Mario Brothers fucking themes, man. That's from 1986. Come on, man. Uh, Stop it. (laughs) We're old. We're old. We're old, but not our listeners necessarily. (laughs) Hundred percent. If you're listening to this. You were born between 1980 and 1995. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah. 1980 and 19 to 1995. You were born in that time period. You're not that young listening to us. Trust me. But now I I, I agree with Minority Report being on your list. Um, it's not. It, it didn't quite make my list, but. I'm glad that you agree with me on removing Logan because Logan was like five years or 20 some years in our future. And it wasn't really that dystopian. Yeah. And then Uh, when they do go into the city, it is pretty modern, you know, as current times. And I I, I did forget about that. What's dystopian is Logan's life. That's dystopian. Right. 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 All right, Jay. My number three. Uh, It's an animated movie, man. It's Wally. Got some bad news. Um, Operation Cleanup has, well, uh, failed. Wouldn't you know, rising toxicity levels have made life unsustainable on Earth. Unsustainable? What? Uh, darn it all, we're going to have to cancel Operation Recolonize. So, uh, just stay the course. Um, Rather than try and fix this problem, it'll just be easier for everyone to remain in space. Uh, I love Wally, man. It, it's, yeah, I never it's, saw it. It's you gotta say it. so. It's it's kind of like a conservation movie, man. I, I like know the, what it's about. Yeah, I did hear it's yeah, great. The, I did. The, the corporations uh, build giant spaceships and move people off of Earth because we fucked it up too much for humanity to live on it, and all we left behind was robots to help clean it up to clean up our mess for us. Yeah, and then uh, the humans have to return to deal with their mess you know it's not a perfect world but they're they're gonna have to work for it to be the world that they want it to be and i love that aspect of the movie because that's the exact position we're in right now in our world you maniacs you blew it up oh damn you god damn you all to hell if we want this world to sustain us for thousands of years more we need Mm. to start working now not 
build giant spaceships to float people off the space uh, and hope that it just gets better in our absence and then we'll come back and fuck it up again. Like it's, it, it's a very hopeful movie, but it all just falls around this little robot who's in love. You know, he's in love with a shiny new toy and uh, it's, it's adorable. And I fucking love this movie. And it, it, also shows a very bleak outlook for where we're going for humanity which right. kids don't pick up on but when parents are watching it they're like damn you know i remember like after watching wowie you know you think twice about flicking that cigarette butt or dropping this on the ground and stuff you start you start wanting to kind of take care of your planet a little bit more after watching wowie and i love that that it's a little bit of like a cautionary tale on top of being this wonderful adorable story about a you know little trash compacting robot who looks like johnny five all right jay what is your number two blade runner <laughs> we're even again Ooh, i had a feeling that it might be your number two i had a feeling yeah. i've seen things you people wouldn't believe <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. I didn't think I didn't think it, I thought you might have something else out there that would be your number one. Um but I thought Blade Runner would be number two or number three on your list. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so this world, man, we're gonna talk about the world. Um I mean it it's the fear of AI. Sure. Uh, you know? AI, but also it's it's the near future, you know. I mean, maybe not the flying cars, but right, right. the you know, the the way the world is, you know, the air quality, you know, the 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 um the class dis- differences you know between right. the poor and and the rich but, but also, also like the fact that like we're close to developing ai right now exactly to go fuck off somewhere in a different world to go do a task like say build a, yeah. a mars colony so they don't have to sacrifice uh human lives to do it you right. know but when you give lot- something sentience where does where does life end then mm. and 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 you know machinery begins the same question that's asked in the film ai and stuff like that you know it's uh it's it's an interesting concept and i and i love the idea of like you know humanity blending with technology so much so that you can't tell them apart unless you get down to their cellular level which is what they get into in blade runner 2049 but it's you know it's it's what makes humanity what makes consciousness what makes life um and it it asks some deep fucking questions it really does and i I think that's what's always drawn me to like the blade runner universe is like i mean the the distinction between class it's a hundred percent there right but i mean essentially they're they're using the the replicants as as slaves and it's a complete allegory for for you know western expansion and stuff like that as yeah. well so yeah. it's uh fuck it's 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 deep and it's it's it fucking soul crushing when you think about it it's but it also is. It's very i love the idea of having a girlfriend that like i can just like turn on the camera and stuff like that and then like she can just like hire a prostitute to come by and like she can like wear that prostitute skin and like totally give me an hj <laughs> That's hot. 
awkward scene of the movie. Oh, yeah. but <laughs> it is it is a bit of an awkward scene. It's it's really cool how they did it. You never saw anything like that before. Well, they um, take that idea from like in Japan, like there's there's people who have like uh, you know, girlfriend alarm clocks and stuff like that where it's like a, a little mini hologram or like a little mini like you know, thing that's like Oh yeah, that's definitely near future stuff. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. That's near future stuff is having like a, a, yeah. a an AI robotic live in companion. I mean we kind of already have it with like Alexa and stuff like that. Sure. And we certainly already have it with the extremely realistic sex dolls that you can buy for like five thousand dollars or you can make them look however you want. And you can even give them mild personalities and stuff like that. So that's the things I love about Blade Runners. Like it takes these small concepts of things that are in are that, that, that are kind of like on the cusp of our future right now and then extrapolates on them and brings them out to the sometimes horrifying light mm-hmm. i know and it, and it's just a damn cool movie well <laughs> Movies, i mean that's you know and that's, that's you know one of the great things about it too because it, it definitely enhanced your visual experience within this you know this world before we get into number ones we got to go through some honorable mentions, man. So, what uh-huh. are some honorable mentions that you have? Dread 3D, uh, okay. the Dread also World, an honorable you know, mention for me. Obviously, yeah. sure. I think it's um, you know a lot of fun, very well executed, especially the second one. Uh, we love that movie, but I think we both agree it's the character mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome in that movie. Yeah, not the, so much the world that he's in. Exactly. There's not much of a world exposed. Perhaps it's mainly the character and its mission. Right. And you spend so much time in in the Petrie's apartment complex that it's like exactly. you're not really getting to yeah, know exactly. the world around it. Exactly. Yeah, that, that movie had no shot being on the list because of that. Uh, the Terminator franchise. Also on my so honorable mentions, man. This, this uh, one, it's, you know, I just can't. Unfortunately, when we say that, just we're so talking about Terminator Salvation because that's the one that shows us the most of what the future is like. Yeah, I mean, like I think more of like T two, you know, in the beginning, and they showed that. Yeah, we get glimpses. war, and they showed us the glimpses of that, and you have a, a a good idea of the scope of of the future and how it's going to be, and what it's and what's on the line, you know, going forward after that. While you know, you see the you know. Uh, the Connors and 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 uh, the Terminator fight and stuff and and you know it's 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 obviously a world that we love and we like and we enjoy, but it hasn't been able to really find what we're looking for since <laughs> those early ninety movies. Uh, it's unfortunate, but um, also the Matrix. The Matrix, I think, okay. is way too sci-fi. Uh, to be on my list, right? And, yeah, and a little bit higher heavy, concept. Yeah, yeah. high, high, high concept. And I, I definitely could not uh, put it on the list technically, but being the fact that it is technically in our world that we're talking about within this, you know, right. it's it's certainly a fun little movie to to watch. And 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 you know, I'm I'm really anxious and curious to see what they do with the the sequels going forward. So you, I mean, two of mine, uh, you know, you already had the Terminator and Minority Report. Mm-hmm. I also have Snowpiercer. Um, yeah. I just I. Snowpiercer is like one of those things like I understand like it all takes place on this train but like again it's another disparity between the haves and the have nots and stuff like that and I I really like the story and I really like the world that they built and stuff like that Um, yeah I I just and I I adore that movie and I know a lot of people um, haven't still still have not seen it and it's uh, it's worth your time for sure 
Great role from Chris Evans. Another one is Escape from New York. Uh, fucking love Snake Plissken. Mm. <laughs> but, um, you know, essentially it's it's this dystopian future uh, where, like, the, the the government is is the evil, tyrannical government and stuff like that. And uh, it's just echoes of that now. Listen, sweetheart, I'm about to be president. We're all going to die. For sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Uh, some of my other honorable mentions you already had minority report is another honorable mention of mine and so is dread so those those are my honorable mentions but there are like some that like we don't even like think of Mm -hmm. um like uh, a recent movie that i watched that like i really enjoyed and i encourage people to watch was the platform which was technically a dystopian future you know people could relieve debt or can serve prison time by going to the platform where they drop like the food down and people have to like fight for the food and stuff like that. It's a very interesting movie. Uh, and I did encourage people to check it out. It's still on Netflix if you haven't, but like that's technically a dystopian future movie. Another one yeah. was like a clockwork orange that like I, I toyed with putting on there and mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there's a ton of these movies that are, that yeah, are there's, great. there's a good chunk of, uh, you know, there's a lot of movies out there. There's a lot right. of movies out there. And, and, and because, luckily a lot of them are really well done. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the sad part is like it it seems like as, as as a human race we're not too hopeful for our future as a whole <laughs> uh, i mean it's it's hard to be you know it honestly. really is all right jay uh you're number one man what do you got children of men is there a chance it will not work for me there have been no cases of anyone surviving who has taken the preparation daddy government hands out suicide kits and antidepressants in the rations This film I love. I think, you know, for me being on my you, number one see, list i know like a lot of people are like oh man that would be like a horrible future to live in i would be like you mean i can just like dump loads <laughs> into anybody and like i don't have to worry about getting pregnant like a fuck yeah what the hell is wrong with you people part of the allure is is it's so close to the tangible future uh if this happened say all of a sudden women just can't get pregnant anymore you know, and what would happen? What would happen to the world? And I think they really orchestrated a place where that's what would happen. There would yeah, it feels there real. would be it divided. Feels there would be a lot of hardcore, crazy fanatics and rebels and and militaries and and just fucking you know it, it would be chaos, chaos Here. everywhere, suicides everywhere. There'd be there would be constant chaos, but there would also be you know this like uh, peace. Oh. Uh, peaceful, what's, hopeful organization that tries when you, to when you know that your race technically has no future now. Right, it's it's gone. Right, but the the thing I take away from that movie the most is: Does Strawberry Cough exist? <laughs> is it out there? <laughs> Michael Caine has the good <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, love, I absolutely love that movie. He's like uh, such a great cameo. Now, now Cough, what do you taste? Strawberries. That's why it's called Strawberry Cough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it sounds delicious, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. this movie, and, you know, and then, uh, you know, with the way it's shot, it's just so brutal, so unpredictable, so well executed with the long takes. Um, you know, obviously, Alfonso Cuaron is genius and phenomenal. Yeah. Here's here's why it would like fall to honorable mentions for me is mm-hmm. because like the movie is great the world it's like it's 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 very close to like our world now and stuff I, like that I, but like and that's why it is on my list it's such a high regard and I, get I think it. you know that it, there's not much sci-fi in this at all 
you know that's what i really respect about it as well and it's just a simple like we don't know why but all of a sudden women just can't get pregnant anymore right. and then suddenly we do we have a woman who is pregnant very very pregnant and and then surprise spoiler alert she has a baby and then you know the effects of that and suddenly and, and, the and, world and, is and, alive again yeah you know? and it's just it, it was it. a beautiful beautiful movie and i i really it, this one always stuck with me always yeah. always will. all right jay my number one was your number five it's mad max the mad max uh world you know yeah. mad max fury road yeah, for figured. me most it's road warrior more so than fury road greetings from the humongous the lord humongous the warrior of the wasteland the ayatollah of rock and roller I am gravely disappointed. Again, you have made me unleash my dogs of war. I just love the idea of like when the world is gone, you become who you want to be, how you see yourself. Right. And unfortunately, it turns out that the psychopaths are the ones that have a leg up in a dystopian future. Which makes sense. Right. But but I love the idea of the, just like, you know, uh, technically like another sociopath or like an- another person with a hero complex i guess you could say of max you know kind of being there to be like the counterweight to those insane individuals and stuff and i just love i just love this idea because like it's you know we're 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 running out of water we're running out of oil and those are very real things that are in our future and mad max was far ahead of its time i you know way back in the late 1970s i think 1979 1980s was uh, early 1980s was when the first one came out and it was tackling those issues then and then we're obviously still very much in the same place uh, if not worse off at this point and as we've gone on in the film series the the portrayals of its villains have gotten more kind of like sick and twisted as it goes along yeah which is 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 kind of like how yeah it, it makes me feel like there's there there is no getting better you know every movie always has like it's hopeful moments in it um but like in the end the world at large is just it, humanity is not going to survive it's just the the death adder of of our world and you know not for nothing i'm not saying i'm a sociopath but i feel like i could do pretty well in some of these dystopian futures yeah you're borderline yeah i can see yeah. that yeah, and in the Mad Max universe, I, I, I feel like, like you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at adapting to situations uh, as need be. Uh-huh. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I could see myself, you know, eating a two-headed lizard raw while I take a piss next to my fucking awesome-ass muscle car. <laughs> So I, I just love the man. I, I love the Mad Max world. And I just love this idea of like just the insane inheriting the earth and the, the one, the, the one individual who's left to kind of stand up against them. And it's, uh, it's fucking, it's fucking fantastic. And it's, uh, it's, it's a world that like, when I look at like all these worlds and it's like, wouldn't be so bad living there. I mean, I know like it's, I, I know like it's awful. I'll probably die of starvation. Yeah. And, I mean, you're living in fear though, like the that. whole time yeah. as well. Like this, that's not that great. I live in fear most days, Jay. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I know, I, I know. I watch the news, so I live in fear. Yeah, fear, <laughs> just, I don't know, and uncomfortableness. If you, and, and if you're a listener in California, Mad Max is probably closer to your future than you would like to admit. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, right. sorry to our friends out in California. It was a low blow, but... Uh, it, it, 
you know, I it's got family true. out it's, there. I, I it's, it's a stinks. scary I love place. California. I know. I talk, it is scary. I, I, I talked to I talked to Justin and and Chris, uh, you know, from yeah. So I married a movie geek, and I like to like things and stuff like that. And I always ask them. Yeah. Like, hey, by man, the way, everybody, Dave is actually on the most recent I like to like things podcast. So I was, definitely yeah. go check that out. Yeah, it was a good time. I talk about maybe a topic that doesn't yeah, exist a anymore in uh, a galaxy that may or may not be may far, not far be, away. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am on the latest episode, but like anytime there's a fire and stuff out there, like I want to know like, Hey, how are you guys? Like everything good. And they're like, Oh man, we're like 45 miles getting, away from that fire. But it, get, it's like, it gets worse and worse though, David, every, every single year. It's unbelievable. I know, like I literally These asked fires. them. I was like, I was like, man, like, like last year it was like nuts with fires. Like, you know, but this year seems a lot more tame and they were both like, it's not more tame. It's just less media coverage for it this year. They had their fill of wildfires last year. This year, it's all about pandemic and election. And I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, be I safe. feel like I've been seeing a lot about the wildfires yeah. this year. Yeah. Be safe. I love you guys. Uh, so, but <laughs> so not so much of a low blow, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, I just love the Mad Max world. So that is going to do it for our list. If you would like to reach out to us and let us know what films we missed that should have been on our list, you can reach out to me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. I am on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast, Instagram, Super Movie Bros, and on Twitter, J underscore SMB. And if you would like to check out our next, our next list, which is top 10 embarrassing moments in movies uh you're gonna have to join our patreon that's patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast and there for one dollar a month you can get all the additional content that we put up over there for free it's a new episode every month um as well as some other incentives uh for higher tiers so i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great one and cheers. Cheers. Also, try to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We need some love. Please. <laughs>